and welcome to Subclass Act, a solo role-playing actual play podcast. I'm your host, James Schrall. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Subclass Act. I've got a, uh, some listener email uh, emails to respond to, and then we're going to get into today's episode. We will continue along with Forbidden Lands and with CRGE. I'm enjoying those a lot. Um, so we're going to continue along with that combination, at least for now. I might also just use more simple um, die rolls, some simple Oracle kind of stuff, because um, you don't necessarily need to spend money on anything. Now, CRGE is free, but... Um, you can also just ask simple yes or no questions, um, but it, 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 it takes, well, we'll talk about oracles. We'll talk about that a little bit before we get into the, the play, but first, let's get over to some listener email stuff. So, I got an email um, from Sarkin Mad. hopefully I'm saying that right, um, saying, uh, try uh, try Cube Tales plus Motif, please. Your episodes with Tiny D6 system are exciting. Uh, try Cube Tales with several interstellar micro-setting one-pagers. Thanks for your work. Keep it up. Um, and we'll get to the, the substance of that in a second. We did some more correspondence, uh, some of which I'd also like to read on the air. So um, Sarkin sent a really good motif summary. Now, there is, a, there is a one that comes with motif, but this was a really nice, concise, easy-to-read version as well. So, um, I, so I responded, um, thanking, uh, thanking Sarkin for listening. And then I got the response, cool, I love your podcast. There's so much other stuff out there that is just all narrative with no dice rolls and more importantly, discussing the role and interpretation. For someone that loves to talk, you do a great job of balancing narrative and mechanics. Thank you for announcing your roles and going through the thought process. And then there's a sort of a postscript. Tribe Cube Tales is a setting where you play as goblins if you're up for some shenanigans. Um, so first, thank you so much for sending the email and for listening to the show. Um, I actually, will, I would love to do a, a one-shot with some Tribe Cube Tales. It is similar to some of the Tiny D6 stuff I've done. It's free. So it's really good. I, a lot of people seem to really like it for solo because it's fairly light, but it's got a lot of flavor, it seems, to it. And the a lot of the settings are either free or like 50 cents for the PDF. And they're just two pages and they've got some random tables on it. So it seems like a really, really good option. So yeah, I'd love to do um, a one-shot with some Tried Cube Tales whenever the the opportunity and the inspiration arrives. I, I, I can't really schedule that stuff just because, you know, sometimes I just feel like playing something different. And, and this show is just, it just goes in whatever direction I have it go because it's just so unproduced but it's just it's really basically the same as me genuinely playing um like my regular solo games that are off the air except for that i write those down and i don't get as much of a contiguous amount of time usually um as on the show um but yeah otherwise it's just uh sort of to your to your point um yeah there there are a lot of shows that are narrative that don't have that maybe i don't know about ones that have no dice rolls at least for solo but um you know, some of them have just different flavors, right? Some of them I've, I've talked about that are great shows um, that I highly recommend. I've, I've certainly, nearly episode, recommend Tale of the Manticore, uh, Legend of the Bones, uh, and Me, Myself, and Die. And those are all those are all great shows. And they're not really trying to be actual play in the strictest sense of the word, where it's it's just actually sitting down and playing as it actually is. They're, they're intended to be produced. So, you know, Tale of the Manticore and... Um, Legend of the Bones have sort of the format where it's a hybridization, right, of a novel and the play. So there is the playthrough, there's the rule, you know. Now, I will say that um, especially, I think, well, they both, both of those shows, actually, they they do lift the DM screen occasionally and talk about the, the methodology about things, which I think is good. There's also separate behind-the-scenes episodes for Tale of the Manticore for that. Um, and, you know, and so, the t- and so both of those shows talk about the dice rolls uh, and, and, the dice are really in control. So it's not just narrative for those, for example. But yes, they are 
they're written after the fact and they have um not pre-scripted they're written after the play to see you know a dramatization of what happened in the play and then also the voice acting which i've done some voice acting for uh tale of the manticore um and and legend of the bones is great too and has great voice acting so they're but they're they're not trying to be actual play right they're trying to be something different for those tale of the, uh um me myself and die rather uh is also you know he plays hours and hours and hours and spends even more hours editing the footage to match. Now he doesn't edit really the story. I think he mentioned like maybe one time he cut a scene because it just wasn't very good. But um, but he doesn't like edit the story out. He's, it's still what he's playing, but it is it is cut down to be a professional level uh, production, which is you know which um, which he mentions. And you know, and I support. I also support uh, um, me myself and die on Patreon. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. So that, I'm not knocking in any way. That's just sort of what this show has become uh, is something just, that's just different. It's just very unproduced, intentionally off the cuff. Um, you know, like the most pr production I've done recently is I I have a, a MacBook now. I mean, I still have the the Windows PC, but um, I have the MacBook because I I was fortunate enough to be allowed to keep it from my last job when I was canned, um, which is unusual, but okay, I won't say no. Um, and so I, I, I've just been using it more. So I, I moved my templates over, which is just like my basic, like, you know, I did like the compression stuff and all that stuff. Like once I did that stuff once and I cannot force myself to do it again. So I moved it all over um, so that I could do it from from both machines. Um, anyway, that's not really important. The point is, I don't really spend a lot of the production time and I pretty much just sit down. Maybe it's been sitting in the back of my head for a little bit, but I don't I don't really produce anything. It's more actual play because that seems where people people get the values. I use different systems. I talk about why I'm using them and how. So it's sort of um, it's sort of like more like geek gamers, YouTube content and her stuff is great, um, but in, in podcast form and more. Uh, more actual play focused. I know that she does do actual play on the on the, on the streams, but um, mine is like a, maybe a higher concentration of that. So that's sort of the area that I've staked out. Um, and so I'm glad you appreciate that. And people seem to really appreciate that. So I'll certainly um, keep keep going with that formula. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Um, the, the goblin things, maybe not my, uh, this shenanigans do sound funny. For the show, probably not gonna do the goblin one that's kind of funny but the i might do some of the interstellar stuff that you mentioned the the sci-fi stuff um could certainly pretty cool there's some there's one that's sort of mandalorian kind of themed uh in the sense of this bounty hunter themed and one that's sort of edge of the empire kind of stuff which uh you know smugglers which that sounds pretty fun too so i, I might look into that um when the uh, the inspiration strikes but it's something i'm very definitely very open to i won't commit to doing it only because i can't i can't like i still i still owe somebody uh, an episode or two with a game. Uh, I still owe Jason uh, an episode or two with a game with uh, on Mighty Thews. Uh, the one, the one time I let somebody sponsor something for the show. Sponsor is a strong word, but you know, uh, provide a game for the show, and I feel bad that I still haven't done that yet. So I will get to that. I will get to that. I just have to. I'm starting to understand maybe Sword and Sorcery a little bit more. I think here's what I need to do. I need to watch Conan the Barbarian, which I've never seen. I've never seen any Conan stuff ever, um, or read any of it, and I need to be exposed to some of it, and then I could probably. Then I could probably pull it off. I just don't want to do, I just don't want to do a crummy job of it, <laughs> which I probably would at the moment. All right. Without further ado, we're gonna get actually um, into the gameplay. I do want to talk briefly, though. Actually, I just said that, but now I'm gonna digress briefly to talk a little bit about some Oracle stuff. Um, I was gonna be on uh, um, Nerds RPG Variety Cast to talk about it, uh, and we had a, a sort of a scheduling hiccup. So hopefully, we'll reschedule that sometime. Uh, and still the discussion, but I, I've been thinking about it a little bit in, in sort of preparing for that. Um, 
And, and by that, I mean, I've thought about it in the back of my head, but I'm going to just spew words at the microphone uh, because I, yes, I do like to talk. And so I will, um, I will talk about that a little bit and then we'll get into the game. So you can, you can skip ahead if you want to where the uh, actual play starts if you'd like. Uh, but anyways, let's talk a little bit about oracles and sort of the simple oracles versus the structured oracles because I do have some thoughts about that. So first things first, you know, the, the elephant in the room is always the most, the most popular oracle is just going to be mythic. It just is. And uh, I don't say that to say it's a bad thing. I've used plenty of mythic. I think mythic is a great, uh, great oracle. I don't have the second edition or anything like that. I just have the first um, edition uh, of it. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's simple enough, but it, it does have the structure. You write down your threads and you've got the scenes and things like that. And that's great. Um, and I, I think I needed to start, start that way, honestly. And I think that this is probably pretty common for a lot of people. Maybe not everybody, but you, you kind of need the more structured one first, right? You need the more structured thing before you have, uh, anything more freeform or, or more simple maybe, right? Like, um, like in some ways the more structured, games, maybe, maybe like OSR games, but the more procedural games, maybe that's a good way to put it, um, are maybe easier for new people. Um, for, right. So like, you know, I had really good success. Like I, I was starting out with Genesis, uh, is the first thing I ran and then we ran some 5e, but like I've mentioned before that where it really started to make the, it click with me was when we started playing monster of the week, which is powered by the apocalypse and, and the moves have a very structured format. Sorry, my dog is snoring super loud here. Um, the, this, it's a very structured format and one thing flows into the next and it's it's not rules heavy but it's it's pretty procedural and that helped a lot um it would have been hard to, to jump straight into like a, a game that i like really a lot now right like cairn or mouse ritter or or any of these things uh because it just didn't have the procedure so you know maybe something like ose also would have been good at the beginning it has a lot of procedures things like that um now i don't always you know i don't always um want to play as always the procedure heavy game sometimes i do um and i like you know a wide variety of games i'm not like a, i don't like any one particular niche i don't i don't think more than anything else um and I played a bunch of different kinds of games uh but it's the same with oracles right so i think i needed to start with mythic to be honest with you um i couldn't have done it i don't think with some of the basic stuff and then my first taste of something simpler was from the uh parts per million press which has uh, what seems to be a million different oracles on drive-through. I mean, just absolutely prolific. And uh, those oracles are great. And the OSR one was really good. And it was it was simpler. And that really got, started started getting me to think that like, oh, I can use these simpler oracles. You know, Motif has a lot of stuff that's bolted on, but at the at the at the end of the day, the the core of it is actually very simple. Um, so that got me thinking of that. And I started really enjoying that once I was already, I sort of had my way of doing things and my structure down. I didn't necessarily need all the structure, um, in something like mythic. That's just for me. Now, something else that started to blow my mind, but took me a while to, to chew on and digest was, uh, watching some of the session recaps from Runehammer and, uh, and Hanker and Fernell would talk about how, um, uh, slash, you know, Ingrid Bernal slash um, Brandish Gilhelm. Um, but he, he would talk about how sometimes he would just ask a question with the simple yes or no, essentially just high-low on a D6. And that answer is going to stick. And I've done some stuff like that too in my table game. And I was thinking about it and I was like, well, it's, it's really simple but really powerful. Um, but, and, but I couldn't quite at first get it to work in my solo play if something's just, you know, just that simple. Maybe a, like a twist die or something that's a twist on a one but I couldn't quite get it to that simple. And then I realized that um, what the structure from Mythic and things like that were providing for me that I was missing um, 
was the constraints, right? Because I think constraints breed creativity. So when you start out with a thing that's more procedural, you have more constraints and that helps you uh, exercise more freely the, the creativity and, and eventually you can you can break out of those bounds right to diverge one, with one more example you know i studied music composition and stuff in school as a music major and there's a, a really good book on composition i have by vincent persichetti uh i still have it somewhere it's actually out of print unfortunately anyways it, it basically starts and ends with the same words any note can be followed by any other note the problem is if you, if you just stop there you you will go mad you will go completely and utterly mad and you just won't be able to put out anything right? You just won't be able to put out anything. You need to know, it's just like any other art training, any music training, right? You got to know what the rules are before you can break them. Because when you break them, you want to break it for um, an intentional choice, right? You want to intentionally be doing something for a specific effect. But if you just start with, if you just start with like an infinite color palette, the blank canvas is going to remain blank. It's just, it's just too much. You need a good framing for it, right? So, um, that's why sometimes there's exercises that people will do, like with a sketchbook or with a painting or something when they need to, they're overwhelmed by the canvas, just throw something on there. And it's, it's not going to be good at first. It's just going to be a mess. But can you turn that mess into something interesting and something useful? And I've seen people do this with ink blots and trying to turn them into dragons and stuff like that. You just got to start with something, make some sort of marks. So when you have the procedure, it can get you into that um, fairly quickly. Now, what does that have to do? Like, well, then how can you ever do the simple oracles or the simpler games? And it has to come, it comes down to the constraints and the narrative. You, so you can have the mechanical constraints if you don't have the narrative yet. But if you already have a strong sense of the narrative or the setting, I think, you don't necessarily need the procedural, uh, you can still, you can't, still can do it if you want, but you don't necessarily need the procedural boundaries, right? If you have a, a provocatively framed question, right? Um, because at the end of the day, you know, like what separates, for example, on a system, I'm just going to offend all the people now. Um, what separates as a system, even though they're, they have similar goals, maybe Dungeon World or, or Monster of the Week, for example, from Fate or Fate Core, right? Um, Fate Core, you know, the math for Fate Core, actually, there's a slightly more to it, maybe, even than Powered by the Apocalypse, because the Powered by the Apocalypse mechanic is, is just that one. You roll 2d6, and if it's uh, if it's a 6 or less, you fail, and there's going to be some consequences. If it's a 7 to 9, you're going to partially succeed or partially fail. You're going to you know succeed with consequences. Um, and if it's a 10 plus, then you succeed, right? It pretty much all boils down to that. Uh, so, you know, and, and Blades in the Dark kind of stuff is similar. So, okay, but what's mechanically, why Why is it maybe more, or at least why have I found those games more satisfying than Fate Core? And I'm sure many other people feel similarly. Even though they're, you know, they're similar. Like, if, you know, uh, Monster of the Week is very, very simple, math-wise, mechanically. Why is, it's because everything that you do is framed with the narrative constraint, because of the moves, right? Now, you, you know kind of going in exactly what the consequences are going to be with any of the successes, right? You know what the consequences are going to be. So you already have those constraints. So the simple yes, no answer is fine because you already know the, the complications that could arise. There's a set list of GM moves. Now I almost never had to do that because it was always fairly obvious, but otherwise, if not, that's fine. You have a list of moves that you as the GM can make. Those constraints help breed the creativity there. So when Runehammer was asking these yes or no questions, they weren't just simple yes or no questions where one of the answers was going to be disappointing, right? Uh, either way, e either the yes or no answer was going to be interesting, right? 
some like some of the advice from the tilt oracle right um in general when you want to set, set something as yes or no you kind of want to say okay what what's going to happen if i get the yes or no answer and then you let the dice decide and you don't need a chaos factor in that case because a 50 50 chance is pretty wild you're not going to like you're you're not going to know either way right so but you need the consequences of both to be interesting right so Anyways, this is just sort of a blathering on and on about you know oracles um, and the more structured versus the less structured. Um, and obviously, you're gonna have to do the approach that works for you. Sometimes, you know, some people just need all the, th the threads and stuff written down. I mean, right now, I still have the threads and stuff written down, um, and I might roll on them, but I'm doing it a little bit more freeform than I used to, and that's just because I think that I've I've gotten sort of the way that I work. I've built up some of the the memory of that. I don't necessarily need it to be as refle it reflected in the oracle as much. Um, anymore uh, because I have more of the narrative constraints. I, I'm trying to make more perhaps like diegetic decisions on stuff than having to be prompted by the mechanic. But I don't think you can just go, or at least I couldn't just go straight there because I didn't have the repertoire of the diegetic stuff. I, did, I didn't have, it was just too much. It was the blank canvas problem. So, you know, that's, I don't think in, in, in solo play, I don't think people talk about as much like, oh, well, this is a good Oracle and that's not a good Oracle. Sometimes you might see that on Reddit, but that's just because Reddit is wretched hive of scum and villainy in general anyway. Um, and where discord just goes to die. But I, I think it's, there's less of it. There probably is some of it, but, um, because you know, in solo, it's a little bit more freewheeling and people are, are, are more like, yeah, you, it's just you anyway. So you're going to have to do what works for you. Um, but I, I, I think that for me, that was that was kind of the path. Like I needed to have the procedures there to get me to understand how the game works, how solo play works, because it is different. And now I end up doing a lot more uh, diegetic decisions on things. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's just something to think about. Um, I You know, some people are like, oh, you have to just use, there are a couple of people like, oh, you just use the simplest thing. You, everything else is just going to get in your way. Uh, and I don't think that works for everybody. Um, but if you've already got... The, the creative constraints from the story, then I think you're good to go. Um, and you can just use the simpler Oracle. All right, there we go. And you can do more bespoke things, which is great. Okay, we are gonna get into the play now. So last time uh, we had uh, Vergaville was um, our, our new character and our new protagonist, Vergaville was starting to set out. It is his, he's a fighter. It's his time to scout uh, into these frozen lands. Um, it's not from the original, or it's not from the official Forbidden Land setting, mind you. Um, so he set out, um, he encountered some strangeness, uh, of course. He encountered some um, rumor, well, there were some rumors that he had heard about the Restless Dead. Um, and eventually he did run into some, seeing a strange shadowy form. There were some cairns that, uh, with perhaps with some strange runes on the popped out of the ground. Um, as the shadowy figure left, he fought off the... Uh, restless dead, but then there was uh, some strangeness, and the cairns sort of were must have been enacted in this part of this ritual, and a huge um, sort of giant, sort of a golem weaved out of the reeds of the of the earth, which became swampy, which it wasn't before. Um, this not this. This is a very like cold and like evergreen for heavy heavy forest swamp is totally not the the correct ecosystem, and yet sort of the ground became swampy in this sort of circle of, of these cairns and um, this huge giant golem of reeds popped out of the earth and so um, Vergaville was starting to uh, move away in, in the same hex but move away so he could look at things from a distance. That is where we're going to resume. I have the map, the hex that I was in marked 
and we're gonna get into it. I probably use CG, CRGE, but I might might just do some, like I said, some some basic yes/no kind of questions too. Okay. So moving into the gameplay, um, first things first, we'll probably get some Oracle questions first. We've got our th our, our threads, right? Uh, investigate the visions that he's been having. We forgot I forgot that he's been having visions. Um, uh, uh, what he doesn't know, we know it's from the city that uh, the chief wizard is in, um, Sauvage is in, but uh, he doesn't know that. Um, he's getting these strange visions, so he's gonna investigate those, and we were looking at this dragonfly pass um, that we had seen sort of a strange vision in a cave. But the dragonfly, so we came to dragonfly pass. Now, here's where we are. So we're gonna go back into to knowledge. So um, he's not gonna just run straight away. So he, we already did the roll, but he moved farther away. I'm gonna start trying to talk slower now. Um, so he already had um, seen the golem. He ran, he ran to a safe distance. So now we're gonna try to gather some information, really. Uh, so first, I kind of want to know what the um, what the golem is doing. So I could ask an open-ended question, but I'm gonna sh show the example of the yes or no and make the yes or no dichotomy interesting. We're gonna have some yes or no questions. Um, so first things first, I, I want to know. Um, really, first, I want to know if the golem is really doing anything, or if it's sort of sitting there in a passive state. Uh, so first, is it, is it, is it doing something interesting? As we're, we're going to ask, um, we're going to be in the to knowledge phase. We've got a surge count of zero on this one. Um, so is it is the golem doing any, uh, anything interesting? Uh, Eighty-seven is a uh, a yes, but. It is okay. So here's what it is, here's what it means: is it is it is doing something, which we're going to ask what it, more specifically what it is in a minute. But it appears to be confined to the circle. It doesn't look like it can leave the circle. Now, what is it doing? I, I suspect maybe it's searching for something. Um, if it if it's searching for it's either searching for something or what would if it's not searching for something, what would it be doing? Um, if it's not searching for something. It would probably be it would be interacting with this environment. Maybe it'd be building something. So that's what we're gonna say. So is it is it searching? Does it look like it's searching for something? Ninety four um, is uh, into knowledge here is a another yes, but it does look like it's searching for something. But it looks like it can't it can't quite see far enough yet, right? So it's looking for something. It doesn't seem to be. Um, Successful yet? It looks like it's off in the distance. It can't quite see it yet. Maybe, maybe the interruption of this, of this um, ritual, or there, maybe there's something else that needs to take place. Um, does the ground appear to be trans, still transforming um, past the circle? Like, in, at least in an obvious way. Surge count is still zero. We get a six, which is a no. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't appear. It still does appear to be confined by Karen, but but it is transforming more in that circle. It's getting even swampier there. But yes, it does seem to be confined to these Cairn stones. Um, hmm. I think Vergavel does wonder what would happen if he broke the circle. Maybe it would disrupt the ritual, but maybe it would let this thing out. So I think he's going to have to... Ultimately, he's going to have to leave it alone. Um... Still a little sore from his confrontation with the Restless Dead. I think he's gonna have to, he's gonna have to move out. I think from Dragonfly Pass, and, and and probably the best thing to do is to make someone else aware of what's going on. 
so um, we're gonna need to see if we can find does he know of, of a village nearby there's probably not gonna be many here up here because this is you know his sort of scout scouting route but there's probably some uh, does he know of one though nearby uh, we've still at search count zero because we've had a bunch of um, more than just plain yes and no uh, so we're to knowledge still is there a village does he know of a village nearby 34 uh, which is a no so he doesn't know of a village nearby. We now have a search count of two. Um, so he's going to have to go looking for one. Uh, let's see. I think he's going to move towards the uh, the edge of the forest and towards the uh, grasslands. Um, so we're going to um, start making a move here. First things first, though, he's going to move to the edge of this hex because I think we were at nighttime. So he's going to... Um, at the edge of this hex, before we move the next day, he's going to have to make camp, uh, I believe. So now um, now that we make camp, so uh, let's see, when the day is over, time to make camp. Finding a good location, making a fire, preparing where to sleep, takes a whole quarter of a day. Yep, usually in the evening, one person makes camp, but the others can help. Okay, which obviously it's just me. So um, we've got our survival role here. Let me get my... Sheets. We're gonna make a survival roll, which is wits based, and I have one skill in that, so uh, three base dice plus my um, skill die here. We are going to make camp. Um, it's modified by the quartermaster talent, which I do not have anyway. So let's do that first. We're gonna try to make camp here, get some rest. All right, we get a success, so we're good to go. So we do succeed. Uh, let's see what happens if we succeed. Um, we're not going to be able to st uh, have, have him stand guard because, um, well, you know, it's just him. All right, so he needs a rest. So resting by the campfire is a good opportunity to rest. Um, if you rest, if you're resting interrupted, obviously, so we need to sleep. Uh, quarter day. So, yeah, we did this in the evening. Now it's nighttime. We're going to sleep um, to avoid being sleepy. We'll see if it's interrupted in a minute. Um, let's see. What do we need to do here? What about recovery? It does say we need to look into recovery. Oh, it says it's on page 108. So we're gonna see, I, I only have the one damage. I think we should be okay. Recovery, um, let's see here. If, let's see, once you're back on your feet. Okay, you will cover all remaining lost attribute points by resting or sleeping. So we just need to see if he's interrupted. I'm just gonna say that there's a one in six chance. Um, uh, that's probably the probably the easiest way to just do this encounter here. Um, we'll just do a 1d6. Okay, yeah, so, or 1d6. So no, there's no interruptions, so we're going to get our strength damage. It's going to come off, so we're going to get all of our strength dice back again. Okay. Moving along to the next quarter of a day, which is in the morning, we are going to, um, let's see, probably, I wonder what about provisions. Do if I have to do anything with the provisions. I forget exactly how the factors in. I don't want to worry about it too much necessarily. That doesn't make it like it sound very good, but I don't I don't want to just ignore a whole segment of the game with foraging and hunting and so on. Um, I guess I gotta figure out how the provisions work. I'm gonna pause it for just one second while I figure out how that works and see if we need to do that. Okay, yeah, so it's we have resource dice. Uh, so we need to eat at least once a day. Um, so done that. We'll say he did that when he was making camp. Uh, we'll have food and water. 
Uh, and if I roll a one or a two, it goes down uh, to D, you know, goes down from D8 to D6, D6 to D4, stuff like that. Um, and then D4, then, uh, or wait, actually, there's, no, there's no D6. So maybe it's once it's down from a D6, then it runs out, um, and then you need more. Let's see, yeah, when, for example, when you go from a D8 to a D6, when you roll a D6, six, one or two, yeah, it's, it's depleted. So, um, sort of like black hack and stuff like that. All right, so first he's gonna have, for the, the previous day, we're gonna do at the end of the day where he had to um, eat and drink some water. So we'll have him eat, this is a D8. Okay, we got a two, so we're now down to a D6 for his food. It is bitter and it is cold up here. Um, we are in danger of running out. We don't want to become hungry. That's no good. I uh, got to drink some water Okay, we got a one of course. So we're out of water. That's not good obviously So we are going to this bad luck. We're gonna have to deal with that um, At some point here. We're gonna we don't we want to make sure that we're not thirsty and you know this all together with the conditions here um, Let's see so we're gonna look real quick at um, consumables with water um because I think I think we have to forage for it basically. So uh, let's see. We'd be in our adventuring. Let's see. I think you have to decide if you're gonna forage for food or water. Um, yeah. Okay. So first things first in the morning, we got to provision before we start traveling. Um, so we got to make sure that we're we're well stocked when we're in the wilderness here. Um, let's see. We did not establish what season this is actually. Um, which doesn't matter. Um, so I'm gonna roll, uh, let's see. I'm gonna roll a D, it has a D4 proxy here. Um, see what, so yeah, I'm gonna go in the order that they're on this table. So two, that'd be spring. So it's springtime up here, um, such as it is, excuse me. So that's gonna give us minus one on this, which is remember minus one die from our pool. So we're gonna have to make a survival check. I'm gonna declare ahead of time, we are gonna be looking for water, not for food here. So we need to be looking for water, and we gotta make a survival check, which is wits. So um, normally my base dice are three, but now it's two because of the minus one, and I've got a skill. So three total dice. Okay, I rolled all five. It's no good. We didn't find anything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push harder because I, I need to get out of here, and so I'm gonna push the roll and redouble my efforts to try to find water. But there's gonna be consequences uh, if I fail this. Okay, I pushed my roll and still not able to find any water here. It's just too frozen. Uh, it's just too frozen here in the spring. It hasn't thawed enough. Um, and that is extremely unfortunate. Spent a whole quarter of a day only come up empty-handed. Um, so we're gonna end up having to redouble our efforts later, but I think first we're just gonna have to move. We're just gonna have to get out of here. So we're gonna move to a different hex. And so I need to um, I get to, because I'm playing by myself, I get to uh, sort of lead the way and keep watch as we're, as we're moving. So first things first, we're gonna try to hike. Um, so let's see what terrain we're in. We're still in forest terrain. I don't believe that that is difficult. It's regular forest, it's open terrain. Oh, I got a plus one to forage. I didn't realize. So I should have canceled that out. So let me, let me roll that die to see if it's a six for me the time. First roll, no six. Second time. No, still no six. Okay, still would have failed. Okay, so we're gonna try to hike. Uh, we did. That was the morning we foraged. We're gonna move on to the day. We can move two hexagons per quarter. So I'm gonna move to the grasslands. So one hexagon and two hexagons. So 
uh, let's see. What do I need to do? I need to, uh, let's see here. I need to basically be the Pathfinder. I need to lead the way. Um, and I, I am going to get to keep watch if something uh, occurs. So I'm going to make a survival roll. Um, so there's a, there's a, uh, let's see. No, I'm not part of this. So we're just going to do survival roll, base dice three, plus the one skill. Survival roll to see, what, what exactly is this for? Um, to vi find a viable path for this first hexagon. Okay, we got a six, we're good. Second hexagon, still same quarter of the day. Um, Cause we're moving on foot. Second hexagon. Ooh, I rolled a one. So I could try to push the roll. Otherwise I'm gonna, but I'm, I would definitely be damaging my wits as I overexert myself to try to find a path. Um, I think we're just gonna have to roll on the mishaps here on, on yeah, the mishap roll which says you must roll immediately. But I'm gonna get to keep watch. So uh, what I'll do is because I'm playing by myself, I'm gonna get to keep watch. I'll get to see if I notice it ahead of time uh, without just being surprised by it. But first things first, D66 on the mishap on this on this second hex as we're moving into the grasslands. Oh my gosh, one, one. Okay, I'm gonna modify it a little bit. It says quicksand. Um, well, I guess it still could be sort of, sort of quicksand. Um, it says, quick, the ground gives way under your feet. You have walked into an area of quicksand. You are completely stuck and you must roll might to escape. Now, I, let's see. The lookout would get to keep watch. Um, and let's see, looking for threats can keep uh, keep watch. The lookout can keep watch and hike at the same time, but cannot lead the way. I'm doing all of that because I'm just playing by myself. Um, you don't need to have a lookout if you don't want to. Yeah, I definitely want to. So you're, I'm gonna make a, let's see. If the random encounter some sort of threat, the lookout makes a scouting roll to detect it. So I'm gonna make a scouting roll to see if I was able to notice the quicksand before I even got there. Um, so let's see, scouting is wits. So same same basic rolls here. Um, and I've got, yeah, cause I've got one skill on that as well. So scouting roll to see if I notice the quicksand before I get stuck in it. Yeah, okay, I do actually, I do notice the quicksand. Uh, he just, his foot just starts to slip and he looks and he sees that there's, there is the quicksand here. So. Fortunately, I do notice it before I'm stuck in it. Um, that was a close one, though. All right. Fortunately, he, he is able to make his way uh, into the grasslands. So that now brings us into the evening. Um, I need to know if there is... Did we happen to stumble upon a hex that has a settlement? I'm going to just do a, a yes or no on a d6. High is yes. No. Okay, this hex does not seem to have a settlement nearby, so we're going to have to make camp... So, um, mm. oh man, it's basically I'm gonna have to choose between conditions. I'm either gonna be thirsty, end up being thirsty because I don't have anything to drink, or I'm gonna have to, um, like not sleep, uh, because I'm gonna have to make camp and then sleep. It's gonna take up some of my time, some of my day. Uh, I, I could collapse those, I could collapse those into one, like I did with leading the way and stuff. Uh, let's see, did this normally happen concurrently? Um, let's see, making a fire and preparing where to sleep takes a whole quarter day, usually evening. Only one person can roll to make camp, others can help. Okay, no, so they don't get to happen concurrently anyways. Um, if your roll fails, your camp is less pleasant. You still set up camp, but the GM makes a hidden roll and the mishap, okay. Well, that's just gonna have, have to be what it is. I'm either gonna end up being sleepy 
or thirsty. And I'm gonna have to choose from the two. It is it is brutal and miserable up here. So let's let's see what those um, conditions really look like. I think is really what. Um, I guess I gotta figure out what's worse. What is worse? I think the conditions are near page 111. So let's see, thirsty. Um, after a day without water, you become thirsty. Several effects, cannot recover any attributes, suffer one point of damage to strength and agility. Ooh, that's rough. Um, sleepy, let's see, can't recover wits. Uh, one point of damage to wits each day. Okay, that's definitely not as bad for me, so. I'd rather be a little thirsty, or a little sleepy rather than thirsty. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna spend time um, foraging. We're gonna spend a quarter of the day forage, trying to forage again before we make camp. Um, I'll try to sleep in the morning if I can. Um, that's just, just gonna throw our schedule off a little bit. Okay, first things first, we need to forage. We need to make a survival check to see if we can forage. Um, some water it is a uh, plus one, I think, because we're in grasslands. Maybe it's plus two. Probably worth knowing which it is. Let's see. It's spring, which is a minus one, but it is also... Uh, let's see here. Now that we're in the plains, it's open terrain. Oh, it's a minus one to forage. Oh, it's gonna be harder to forage here. Um, mm, that stinks. But it is what it is. So it's kind of hard to find water here in the plains. We're gonna try to find it anyways. Uh, it's a minus two total. Um, so it's just one of my base dice and one of my skills. Big ol' bummer. But we gotta do it, we gotta, just, we gotta try to find some water. Here comes the roll, 2d6 here. I need a six on one of these, come on. Oh, nothing, I'm gonna push the roll. I gotta push it. Still nothing, oh my gosh. All right. Um, I'm gonna have to spend, I, I have to spend another quarter, the last quarter of the day. Um, forging. Um, so here comes the roll. It's another quarter of the day. Oh, if I push this, I'm going to definitely take damage. Uh, and it's to my wits, which will even take more damage. But I got to do it. So I got to roll the other die that didn't come up as a one. Still nothing. Damn. Okay. Um, all right. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. So I take one damage from wits there. I also get one willpower point um, that I can spend on some things here. Um, oh, although, actually, before I, I should have said this, now, if this was a table game, it would have already happened, but I've never gotten to use this. I should probably check my talent, though, because I, I have one that says I'm adaptive. So if I can make the case, I think I have to spend um, willpower on the roll. But if I can make the case of using another skill besides survival, then... Uh, I might be able to use that. And I actually have one that might work, because we're on the planes. I think it makes sense. So, uh, this is sort of a, a potential mulligan, I guess, I'm giving myself. But, um, let's see. It is my human trait, I think. My human talent uh, of being adaptable. So, let's see. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Kin. Human. Uh, the kin trait, or the kin talent is adaptive. So let's go into the list. What does adaptive mean? Uh, let's see here. Adaptive. Adaptive. Where are we? Where are we? Okay. If you spend a willpower point when you are about to roll a skill, you can roll for any skill of your choice to achieve the same result. You must be able to motivate how you use the chosen skill. GM has the final say. 
So it's still gonna be a will a will roll. So the base dice are still gonna be the same, still the same penalties, but the skill would be different. And that is, I think I would use might. And here's why I would use might. I'm in the plains. What's the main way of getting water in the plains is digging a well. I think he's like, I'm not gonna be able to find water that way. I'm gonna have to hope that I hit some groundwater by just trying to dig a well and spending a whole quarter of a day to do it. I'm gonna leave the one in place where it was because I, um, unless I didn't need to push the roll because the base dice would be the same, but the skill would be different. So I'm gonna roll the additional two skill dice to see if on the first time one would come up a six. Nope, okay, and here was the pushed version of the roll. So I'll still take that damage. But if I get a six, I'll find water. Mm, still no sixes, okay. Spends all that time digging a well and still no water. It, that was the middle of the night. Um, it is now on to the next day. I'm gonna have to, um, I'm gonna have to stop and make camp. I can't keep working. I'm not gonna get to sleep yet, but I'm gonna have to make camp. So let's make camp. Gotta make a survival roll. Um, my wits are down by one now, so I only have two base dice and my survival um, skill here. Here we go. Ugh. Can't even make camp. Failure. I don't even want to push this. I don't want to take any more damage. I'm already going to be in pretty bad shape um, on my own here. So I need to roll in the mishap table. What happens during this night? Um, wow, I just changed the order of the dice. That was dumb. Sorry, I, I, I didn't look at the result. Was I don't know if it was bad or not. I totally blanked and, and moved the dice around. Two, three. Bad campsite. Your campsite turns out to be very uncomfortable to sleep in. No one in the group gets any sleep at all until you found a new campsite. Well, that certainly stinks. So we're going to be sleepy and we're going to be thirsty now because we've gone a day without drinking water. So we are thirsty and sleepy. So thirsty. Um, you cannot recover any attributes. Uh, suffer one point of damage to both strength and agility every day. Um, so we're not broken yet. Fortunately, those are my higher stats. So I gotta put one damage on strength and agility. That is brutal. And um, as soon as you drink water, I wouldn't be thirsty anymore. Sleepy, okay. I can't recover wits um, right now, which is damaged already. And one point of damage to wits each day. Um, if this damage breaks your wits, which we, we're almost at, we're not quite there. Okay, so wits are severely damaged. Strength and agility have taken some damage. Okay. I, uh, first of all, I, I'm, I can't recover any attributes through being thirsty. So he's like, he's sleepy, but he has to push on. Has to push on. Um, we spent the one willpower point. Um, we're gonna spend another one here again to tr try again in the morning now, now that we've had a terrible night. I couldn't even make camp uh, worth sleeping in. Um, so, uh, terrible campsite. We're gonna try to dig a well again. Um, it is survival, uh, which now only has one base die, but I am going to use my might um, skill to, to dig this well. I'm just going to try to see if we can dig deep enough to find some water. Here comes the roll. Spending a quarter of a day to do this. Still nothing. Gonna have to, gonna have to push the roll. This is really risky. I could break myself. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Wow. Absolutely brutal. We are wasting time here. Um, just horrible. I'm gonna roll a d6 2 to see if there's any sort of a counter while I'm doing all this. Uh, no, um, it's still just a 2. Okay. Wow, okay. What is he gonna do? He's just gonna have to keep... keep going, I guess. 
Um, wow. This is absolutely just depressingly brutal. Because um, I spent my, will my only willpower point there too, so now it's gonna get even harder. Okay, for some reason, it stopped recording on me, so, but all it was missed is that he's gonna have to go back the way he came, so there's gonna be his best chance to see if there was a, uh, well, he wanted to see if there's a village, but he's gonna have to go back the way he came because he's gotta find water. Um, and there was a mishap on that because it's increasingly difficult now. So uh, it's blocked terrain. Um, he did see it coming with a scouting roll uh, with two sixes, but it doesn't matter because he's still gonna have to do what it says to try to find a way through. Um, so he's gonna have to make a, because there's some flooding, um, and uh, fallen trees and stuff. So he's gonna have to make a might or move roll to be able to move forward. Now, fortunately, might uh, is he's really good at might, um, which is strength based. So he's gonna just try to push through with the trees, even though he's taking some strength damage. So we've got four base dice uh, because of that. And then might, he has three skill dice. So there's a much better chance than this other stuff he's been doing. Ugh. I'm just having the worst luck of all times, and I have to push this roll to make through, make it through. Um, and there's already one, one that I can see that I can't re-roll that. Um, okay, re-roll these dice. Okay, we did get a six, but we do take one more damage. So we take a damage to strength. He powers through, but he strains his muscles doing so. Um, so he is able to make it through into the next hex. That took that quarter of the day, the second quarter of the day. He's gonna have to try to forage again now in the forest. There's only the minus one because it's spring, which is good, but he only has one wits, so now he's just relying on his skill. We just got a willpower point from taking that damage just there, and we're gonna spend it for him to try to dig a well here in uh, in the forest, I think. Um, so he only has the skill dice. He doesn't even have any of these base dice anymore. Um, because, or no, he has minus one of the skill. He has the one base die because uh, it is springtime, so it's harder to find the water. Come on, we gotta find something. Uh, okay, good, we, we, I did succeed, and I don't have to push it. Okay, he finally finds some water, thank goodness, uh, and is able to fill up his water skins. He is sleepy now, though. Um, this brings us to the, the third quarter of the day. He's gonna have to make camp um, uh, in the last quarter of the day, see if he can sleep in the morning. Um, so, still can't recover anything yet, though. He does drink the water, so he's no longer thirsty which means we'll be able to recover some attributes um, now that we're no longer thirsty. So let's double check. Now that we're no longer thirsty, he will be able to recover attributes, I think, when he sleeps. Um, but yeah, he still hasn't recovered anything automatically. So, okay. Um, we're gonna, the sleep is gonna end up taking uh, another point of damage to, to that. We're gonna pass out soon, I think, if we don't. Um, all right, he's gonna have to make camp. So here comes the make camp roll. Survival, um, it's, he's only got the base die and it's minus one, or no, yeah, he's only got the base die because of all this damage here. So here we go, two dice. Survival roll to make camp. Oh, oh man, so bad. Uh, two ones. Mm. I can't push it because I'll, I'll just pass out. Um, okay, so I have to roll on the mishap table. So what is what is gonna happen with this camp? What is the camping mishap here? What is the camping mishap? Um, two, four. Another bad campsite. Ugh, man, it's just brutal. Just brutal, there's probably some sinkholes and stuff here still. Um, 
Okay, here's the thing is I'm gonna have to... Um, the bad camp doesn't let me sleep though, dang it. All right, he's still sleepy. And he's gonna end up taking, he didn't slept all day. He's gonna end up taking another point of damage here, just from, he's just gonna end up passing out from exhaustion. So what's gonna happen here? We're, cause we're gonna be broken now, cause I've only got three wits and they're gonna go down. Um, suffer one point of damage to wits each day. If this damage breaks your witch, you collapse and sleep for at least one quarter, uh, one quarter day. Okay. So at this point, he just straight up collapses um, and falls asleep. So we're gonna have to see if there's something bad that happens. Um, now he won't be sleepy anymore, um, and that will allow him to recover um, his attributes from sleeping, which is good because we're not thirsty anymore. So that does work. Now we need to see when he was drinking the water. It's only D6. Okay. He still has enough water, which is good. So we're gonna get our attributes back now. We're no longer um, sleepy or thirsty, but we have passed out. And I need to know if something happens. I'm gonna roll a d6 and on a one, something's gonna happen while he's asleep. Okay. He's very lucky, he just passed out in the woods. Fortunately, nothing bad happened there. Um, uh, he's gonna, he wakes up. Um, it's now, what, it's now it's the afternoon. He, he, pass out in the morning. It's in the afternoon that he slept, so now we're in the evening. Um, he's gonna have to eat. So we've got the the um, D6 food here. Oh my gosh, we ran out of food. Um, but we're good for today on that. So he's got food. Um, it's now nighttime. Um, we've slept for today, so he's gonna have to he's gonna have to forage. Um mm. No, we're not gonna do that. Uh, we don't. We don't want to. Let's just try to make camp. Let's just try to make a better camp so we can sleep. Eventually, get get our our footing out from underneath us again. Um, so we're gonna make camp. We've got all of our stuff back. So three base dice, uh, one skill for survival, but it's the minus one because. Um, oh no, not not minus one. Here we go. We've got our four dice here. Okay, we got a six. We successfully make camp. Um, so he's got, uh, he's already got a camp. He's not going to sleep yet. He's going to spend, um, or no, he is going to sleep. He's just going to get a regular night's sleep. Everything would be, be full for sure. Recovered now. Okay. Um, and he ate in the evening. So in the morning, he's going to wake up and try to forage. Minus one because it is springtime. But we've got all of our skills back, which is really good. Really good. Uh, no success there. We're gonna we're gonna re we're gonna push the roll. He's got to find some food. Oh no wait, I should have. He was trying to forage for food, which was stupid of me. Uh, we'll still push the roll. We'll see what happens. No luck. No dice. Unable to unable to forage for anything. We're gonna spend um, the early afternoon then. We're gonna spend that hunting. We should have a much better chance of hunting here. Um, so let's see. We're gonna try to hunt here. Uh, cannot hike and hunt at the same time. That's okay. Several people can hunt at the same time. That's fine. We're gonna go hunting. So we gotta make a survival roll. All right, so survival is wits, one skill, but we don't have the minus one. Um, yeah, we don't have the minus one for the springtime, which is great. So we, we have a better chance here. So we're gonna try to hunt in the afternoon. Okay, we are successful. So you find some kind of prey. So now we need to roll on the table to see what type of animal it is. This is D6. 
two, it's a crow. Okay. Um, this is just gonna try, have to try to pummel the, uh, um, try to kill it. So, oh man, it doesn't have any, oh, what? I might have to retcon this. Sorry y'all, this is, this is sloppy of me, but I don't, I don't even have a ranged weapon to make a marksmanship thing. I don't have any, uh, traps, so, um, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I, I didn't have any traps, I don't think, anyway. Yeah, no. Alright, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do that, so we're just gonna have to, he's gonna have to just try a second time to forage later in the day. That's what it's gonna have to have been. Roll the base dice. Oh, man. Uh, unsuccessful, we're gonna push it, we're definitely gonna take at least one damage. Still no food. Uh, and he's just strained himself by stressing about this. Um, so we take one, yeah, one, one damage here to wits. Absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um, but it is what it is. So, alright, what we're gonna do is we're just gonna try to hike two hexes. We're gonna have to just try to hike two hexes and get the heck out of here. Right? Just, just find, we gotta find a darn village. He's just mucking around in the woods. Um, and we just have to find a village. Alright. So, certainly he is soon gonna be hungry. He's not hungry just yet. We have two more quarters of the day before he's hungry. Um, we will need to drink some water, um, at some point here. We did it at the same time, so it's two more quarters of the day till we have to drink some water. So we're gonna hike. We're gonna go two hexagons. He's gonna move over, um, to some grasslands. Hopefully he'll find somewhere there. Alright, but first hex, first, first, is, first things first, so he's gonna have to lead the way. We're gonna make that, um, survival roll. Man, it pays to be, it pays to have the wits. I definitely, definitely damaged myself by not putting enough into wits. Um, so we're gonna make the survival roll. Three dice instead of four. Okay, get two successes, that's good. We are able to lead the way, we're able to get through. We're not gonna encounter anything there. Um, is there a village? I'm gonna give myself a two and six chance because there wasn't one before. Nope. Not one in there. All right, make the next survival roll. We're able to move along into the next hex. Um, no, I'm gonna push that. Gotta push it. Still no, no dice. No, not able to make it into the next hex. Um, so something, there's a mishap that happens. What is it? Two, one, more blocked terrain. So he's gonna have to try to make it through by doing a might roll which is good, that's good for me, because I've got my full strength back, so five base dice and my three skill dice. So we have to try to push on through um, what is uh, likely a flooded area. We're just gonna have to wade through this flooded area. Okay, we did get a success, Whew, okay. We made it into this other hex, it's another grasslands hex, I'm gonna give myself, um, at this point, I, I wanna take it a little bit easy on myself. There's a better chance of there being a village here because there hasn't been before. We're gonna go 50-50 chance. If it's just a, if it's a one, two, or three, there's gonna be a, a, a village. Oh my gosh, a five, okay. A five, of course, of course. No village. So that was um, one of our quarters of the day, moving those two. Um, He's just gonna, he's just gonna do it again. He's just gonna keep moving to the north. Two more grassland spots. Um, so first things first, we're gonna do our survival roll. Make sure that we're able to lead the way. Yes, we are able to lead the way. Um, in this first hex, is there a settlement? And now I'm just gonna do, unless it's a five or six, there's a settlement. Okay, two, he finally finds 
a settlement. So, we need to know if uh, if he has any reputation here at all. Um, it's extremely unlikely that he has any reputation in this village. Okay, he's an adult, so his starting reputation in general is one. Roll a d6 equal to your reputation score. If you get that many sixes, it precedes you and people have heard about you um, and your deeds. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying the survival part of this campaign. Um, it's a big part of Forbidden Lands is the survival. Um, it's more, it can be more or less interesting. It would definitely be more interesting with more people. So we'll see. We'll see how long, um, it's a great system, so I'm not knocking it. I might, I might mix it up with systems as I do to de-emphasize their survival after getting shellacked for a while. Um, he does have some money though. So I think he's also gonna try to buy provisions in a minute here. He has one silver piece. Um, we're gonna just see if we can buy some provisions, but first things first, does anybody recognize him? D6, a three. No, nobody recognizes him here. Doesn't have a huge um, reputation. So we need to see now really if he's gonna be able to um, purchase any provisions. So we've got um, some tables here for what things cost. So we need to just go to trade, well is it trade goods or common services? Um, a feast is a gold, he doesn't quite need a feast, he just needs regular food um, and lodging to eat and sleep. It costs five copper, um, so he'll trade his, his um, silver for I believe um, ten, 10 silver, or is, is it for 10 copper rather, so he's gonna, okay, so he's gonna spend, um, we'll just say basically, so he's, it's 8 copper, we'll, we'll say he basically spends the whole thing, he has no reputation, so he spends both of it on a bowl of stew, so it covers the food, um, or let's see, a hearty meal is food and water. Um, well, he buys he buys the food because he needed food. Um, he had some water from his water skin, so he's just gonna buy the bowl of stew and the lodging, so he's gonna be able to sleep. Uh, although, if he only if he doesn't a dormitory instead of a separate room, he only has to spend two copper, so he'd spend five. Well, either way, he's still gonna be spending all of his money because um, of the because the hearty meal is a, is a silver. That's all he's got. All right. Well, first things first. He is going to um, spend basically all of his money. He's gonna have two coppers left at the end of this. Um, he's gonna try to drink his water. Okay, he does drink his water, but now he's out. So he is gonna have to buy some water. Um, uh, let's see, he's got two coppers left, so he's gonna spend them on a flagon of ale um, instead. So he'll have saved his water um, provisions since now I know that that works, and he will have quenched his thirst and his hunger for the day and slept. So we're gonna get our damage back. And we are gonna be in this village, so we're gonna ask some questions about this village, because um, he's gonna need to find somebody to talk to. So um, one, has he, uh, he didn't know about a village in the area, but he may not have been in this area before. Um, does he, um, nobody know him, knows him here, does he know about this village at all? Does he know anything about this village? Um, we have a surge count of two. Uh, this is still to knowledge. 18, or to endings, actually. To, uh, 18 is a no and. No, he's never heard anything about this village, and therefore we also know that this village is very, very secluded and probably wary of outsiders. So I want to know some, something more about this village. Um, he's going to try to find somebody to, to tell about this weird giant reed golem uh, and these cairns. So, but I want to know a little bit more about this town. 
so let's see. Let's go to the second. Um, let's go to the second table fables. Oops. And let's go to let's see what kind of tables are we talking about here. What kind of tables are we talking about? NPCs and enemies, maybe. It could be. We could use that one. Um, towns and cities. Yeah, let's do towns and cities. We'll go to 78. What do we know about this this little settlement? 78. Uh, how good's the quality of life? Ooh. Threw the dice out of the tray. Four. It's decent. It's okay. Like it's it's passable. It's survivable. That's good anyway. All right. Uh, what is the? Uh, I don't really care about the town governance because it's a small settlement. Um, let's see. Could come up with a name. I don't really care about that as much. Uh, let's find a notable uh, town notability or peculiarity. Something about this town. Why are they so skeptical to outsiders? 50. Quarry. It's a huge, uns uh, unused granite quarry rests just outside of town. The townsfolk have built a tall fence around the pit to keep children from playing. Okay, so there's a quarry. Okay. Okay. So, um, I got one more question, and we have a surge count of zero. Is he, is he able to find somebody at least to tell about this golem? Is there anybody who cares at all about that? Surge count of zero. Two endings, 66. That is a yes. So he does find somebody who's able to know. He's, he's able to tell, talk, talk about to one of the village elders. But then one of the village elders gives him kind of a weird look. And he cautions him. And he says, um, be careful about who, you, who you're talking to you know, in this village, stranger. You may not want to stay too long. Don't, don't venture too deep into the quarries. People have gone missing a lot out there. And you never know what you might find. And he's, he goes and he says, um, People have been talking about strange rituals out there. Vergaville is sort of intrigued because he, he sort of uh, remembers this this weird uh, shadow sort of thing that summoned the uh, summoned the uh, the golem. He says, uh, "They've seen any? Have there been any reports of, of strange, shadowy, um, like f creatures made of shadow and and uh, any?" Changes to the land or tall cairns. I don't know. There's a, we have a surge count of two. Is is has he heard anything about that? Forty-eight, um, which becomes a forty-six. Uh, it says a no. I haven't heard anything about that. People, strange groups of people going out there constantly to the quarry. Hmm. Vergaville thinks maybe there's some sort of strange cult out there, but. There must be some reason they're congregating out there, and it may be, maybe something worth noting. I mean, he uh, knowing about. It. I mean, he he does need some answers, and he is out here to scout to see what's what's going on out here. Fortunately, he has rested and had food and water for the day. Maybe he'll be able to convince somebody to investigate it for money because he is flat broke now, and this foraging thing sucks. So he's gonna have to find some provisions, hopefully. So we've got to do something to earn some money around here. But that will be for next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Subclass Act. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think about Forbidden Lands. Um, this episode is very survival heavy. I think the next one probably won't be as we kind of go on a quest. Um, that'll sort of take us out of the... Um, the that can take as long as or short as we need. That'll take us out of the sort of the survival mode of the game. We'll be able to emphasize sort of the other aspects of the game. So some grizzling, harrowing uh, travel. But now we are in a settlement... Uh, and so I think that we'll have an interesting tone next time. Uh, probably very investigative. Um, but yeah, again, you can always send an email. Um, and, and, you know, can send audio files. You can send text. Uh, and let me know what you think about the show. 
And yeah, we'll see you next time on Subclass Act.